Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, welcome this morning to Church Online. It is so good to have you with us. My name is Bronson and I'm the location pastor here at Melbourne West. And can I just say that I'm missing you so, so much. And so is my wife, Gabby. And we can't wait to see your faces again. And we're just praying and believing that at this time, you are experiencing God's peace around your life. You're looking to him for your comfort, for your wisdom. And we're just believing that God is with you and seeing you through what it is that we're going through at this time. And if you call Elevation your home, so good that you're with us today. If you're new to us and haven't been one of our church services before, so good that you are here. Uh, I would love for you to consider joining our church family. We believe that church is not an event to attend, but a family to belong to. And so we'd love you to be part of our family as we reach Melbourne's West for Jesus Christ. I shared a message last week called Be Strong and Courageous. Be Strong and Courageous. And if you missed it, you can watch it on our YouTube channel. You can download the podcast. In that message, I encouraged us that this is a season to be strong and courageous. There's promises that God is wanting to give into your life, to put into your life, to fulfill in your life. And there's things that God is wanting us to enter in as a church, for our our church to see the soul saved and people come to know Jesus Christ. And it's going to require strength and courage to do that on our behalf, but reliance on God to see us through. Well, today I want to continue in a similar line of thought with some encouragement for our souls, our emotions, and our mental state, and our spirit. And uh, at this time, my message is entitled, The Hope We Have. Let's quickly pray. God, I thank you today. We've already spent time in your presence, worshiping you. I pray right now as we delve into your word that God, we're going to find inspiration and just food for our spirit, God, in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. My youngest son, Roman, is turning five next month. And I cannot believe how time flies when you're having fun being a parent. And all the parents said, amen. Well, next year, that means he's going to be going to school for the first time and be going to prep or foundation. And so what we did was we had to think about uh, putting an enrollment in for him at a school. And so Gabby and I, we thought about it. We said, you know what? We had a good experience with the primary school his older brother and sister went to. And so we want to send him to that school as well. Well, there was only one issue, and that issue is that uh, the school zones have changed from the time our older children, who are about 8 to 10 years older, were at that school, and then time that Roman is going to that school. And so we're outside the school zone. And so I went along, what my wife did, and she spoke to the principal. The principal said, look, put an application in. I don't think you'll get in because you're outside the zone, but have a go anyway. Let's see what happens. So we filled out an application, put a cover letter, explained who we were, our past history of the school, and handed that in. And then what did we do? We waited and hoped. 
waited and hoped. I've done a lot of waiting in my life and I'm sure you have too. I can remember as a child, like five, eight years old, waiting for Christmas in hope that I get that Christmas toy. When I was a kid, it was all about transformers and things like that. I remember as I got older, hoping that the girl that I asked if she would like to go to the movie sometime would say yes. Well, she did say yes, and she's now my wife. I can remember hoping that I'd get into university, hoping that I'd be a good dad, hoping that as a church, we would find a building for us to call our home. Hoping, hoping, hoping. I know that I'm hoping that you're okay at this time. All of us are hoping that lockdowns are gonna end soon. So much of life is spent in a place of hope or a place of hoping for the future. In your life, no doubt you too have hoped, have hope at the moment or are hoping for the future. Hoping that you get good enough grades at high school to get into university. Hoping that you'll meet Mr. or Mrs. Wright. Hoping you'll get a good result from the medical test. I've had a few tests recently. I hope they come back well. Hoping that the bank approves your home loan. Hoping that that small business that you've started is gonna be successful. Hoping that the loved one uh, recovers from some sickness. Hoping that some good event, some good thing, good person, good situation is gonna happen in your future. These expressions of hope all contain one universal truth, and this is this. Usually, when we use the word hope, we use it to express uncertainty. I'm uncertain of the results of this medical test. I hope it's okay. I'm uncertain that my, my small business will succeed. I hope it does. I'm uncertain that my grades are good enough to get into TAFE or university. I hope I do. And I think that 2020 was a year of great uncertainty. Uh, the global health crisis of COVID-19 brought so much uncertainty to so many people's lives. And there was so much change as we switched from going into the office to working from home and as our schools, our children, did homeschooling, remote learning, uh, you know, new catchphrases like social distancing and lockdowns became part of our vocabulary and jobs were lost, people's mental health deteriorated. Things were tough. Let's be real. 2020 was a tough year, but through it all, we were certain that 2021 would be better. Well, just this week, they released some statistics saying that we've been in lockdown here in Melbourne for 200 days over the last period of time. And I'm more uncertain than ever what the future looks like for us. And I talk to a lot of people. There's a common thread. Hope has been replaced with hopelessness. Billy Graham said this, our world today so desperately hungers for hope, yet uncounted people have almost given up. There is despair and hopelessness on every hand. Maybe in your own life you've asked the question, what's the point? It looks so hopeless. There's no future. Maybe, maybe that's where you are right now in your life. You, there's thoughts going on in your very head at this moment. My situation, what I'm going through, what I'm facing, where I am, it's hopeless. There's no way out. There's no future. There's no hope. There are hundreds of thousands, millions, perhaps even billions of people in the world that are thinking that same way. It could be a loved one, your neighbor, a friend. It could be a work colleague, the person sitting right next to you. It could even be you. Depression, 
anxiety, violence, suicide, mental illness. There are so many issues, factors that cause this sense of hopeless, hopelessness, hopelessness being one of them. John Maxwell says, where there is no hope in the future, there is no power in the present. I love that. Where there is no hope for the future, there is no power in the present. And if you want power in your present, you, have, you need a big enough hope for your future. Hope is the fuel that provides the power for the engine of your present. That quotes from Bronson Blackmore, if you're writing down notes. <laughs> Let me say it again. Hope is the fuel that provides the power for the engine of your present. But if hope is based on uncertainty, we can never be sure or confident that our future is going to be the future we desire. Well, I'm here to tell you today that this is not a motivational speech. This is not a TEDx speech. No, this is a, 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 a message from God's word to bring some clarity to us Christians that we have a God who provides hope available to us and that it is not based on uncertainty, but is based on the confident assurance that we have in God, in his word and his promises. R.C. Sproul says this, hope is called the anchor of the soul because it gives stability to the Christian life. But hope is not simply a wish. I wish that such and such would take place. Rather, it is that which latches on to the certainty of the promises of the future that God has made. The future that God has made, not will make or is thinking about, has made. So today I want to take a moment to just delve into this a little bit deeper, to share some promises that God has given to us. And I want to ask you, would you open up your heart today, open up your emotions, your spirit, your soul to receive what I want to share with you. Let them speak into your heart and stir afresh within you a God hope for your present and for your future. So if you're taking notes, write them down. Number one, there is a good plan for your life. There is a good plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11, we probably all know it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, and to give you a future and a hope. You know, there's a lot of development going on in Melbourne at the moment if you just go out, even though we're not really allowed to. But if you go out and go for a drive, you'll see that there's so much happening. Infrastructure for trains and public transport and things being built, buildings and apartments and, you know, different centres and sporting places that are all coming about. And it looks unstructured. It looks unplanned. It just looks like things are popping up all over the place. And that there's no strategy, but there actually is a strategy. There's a master plan that carries the principles, the outcomes, the directions and policies to direct the future planning for Melbourne for the next 20, 30, 50 years. And to bring it all about, it's going to involve many different departments federally and local state governments and councils and people and private corporations and businesses and individuals and just like there is a master plan for Melbourne, there is a master plan for your God life that God has written and that he ensures comes to pass. 
And just like now when it involves so many different parties to make it what it is, God's plan involves many different people and situations and many different times and people who speak into your life. And God works this all out across different seasons and different times to different people, different times of your life. God brings it all together. And just like a city, sometimes God plan, God's plan involves new exciting things, good things. Other times, just like in a city where things have to be pulled down and replaced, God needs to do a work in our life to remove some things and to replace his word, his truth into our lives. And then at other times, it's a renovation, it's a renewal that occurs and takes place. But in all these things, in all these times, no matter what season we find ourselves in lockdowns, no matter how long it might occur, 200 days, God's master plan for our life is a good future, a good hope. That's where he is taking us. I want you to get that in your soul today. This is not just an academic endeavor. This is truth from God's word. I want you to get that into your soul, into your spirit. I want you to ask God, God, how is it that you, uh, how is this situation of COVID-19 part perhaps of a master plan you have to help me in my life? I'm not saying God brought uh, COVID-19, but I am saying that he can use it to do something in your life. Maybe you should be asking God, what are you trying to teach me? In this season, God, what's the bigger picture of what's going on right now? There is a good plan for your life. Number two, there is a goodness available to you now. Come on, say it with me. There is a goodness available to you now. Psalm 27, 13. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. There's going to be a glorious day in every one of our futures. If you believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for you and rose again, that he is the Son of God, there is a coming day for us where we will leave this life and enter the next as we go to heaven to spend it in glory with God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the saints, the apostles, our friends that we have known who are Christians. That's going to be a magnificent day. But did you know that it's not just something that we're waiting for in a future? There is a goodness of the Lord that we will encounter on this side of eternity. We don't have to wait until we die to experience all of God's goodness for us. We can experience it today, the promises of goodness for our lives. God will answer our prayers. God will meet our needs. We will experience joy. He will see him work in the lives of our kids. As I wait for this, I will find strength in God. As I wait for this, I will find courage in God. The goodness of God is infinitely more wonderful than we will ever be able to comprehend. A.W. Tozer. Someone needs to hear this today. There's a goodness of God. There's a goodness that God has for you. I don't care your past or your present, what you've done, what you're doing right now. Can I say that there is a goodness that God has for your life? A goodness that can overcome your past, a goodness that is available in your present, a goodness that can reset the path 
of your future. Start speaking the goodness of God over your life today. Put hope in His goodness this morning. I would encourage you, if your children are struggling at this time, speak God's words of hope over their life. Come on, there is a hope for you in your present. It's not just in the future, it is now. Come on, stir your spirit today. Someone right now, you need to start praying to God and say, God, I thank you, your hope is present in my now. So one, there is a good plan for your life. Two, there is a goodness available for you now. And number three, this is probably one of the favorite things I like to tell people, you're not done. Come on, say it with me. Number three, you're not done. Philippians 1, 6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Over summer this past uh, year, I spent about three to four weeks tidying up my garage and my, my backyard. And, and it was, there was a whole heap of stuff that I'd accumulated over the years that my wife had accumulated, my kids that was in the garage and my backyard. There were plants and trees that were overgrown. And so I decided I was going to do a big tidy up. And there was broken toys and Offcuts of timber, garden pots, cardboard, like so much cardboard boxes. I think last year, 2020, was the year that my wife discovered online shopping and she just went crazy. Dead plants, bamboo. And if you came to my house and went into my backyard during that time and you saw it, you would be thinking to yourself, what is going on here? And if you saw it at week one and then came again at week four, you would be like, nothing's changing. In fact, this looks like it's getting worse. It's getting more messy. There's piles of stuff everywhere, uh, off cuts, you know, all those types of things. This just looks like it's getting messy and messy. Here's the thing. I wasn't done yet. I wasn't done yet. And people today, church, man, woman, child, you need to hear this. God's not done with you yet. God's not done with our church yet. God's not done with our lives yet. He has something he wants to do. See, you've faced setbacks. You've been betrayed. Maybe you're failing. You're not where you want to be. Maybe your life is a mess. Just, 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 just so, just a mess. And you're not sure about your future. And your situation looks worse than before God started your life. But God's not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. We're all a work in progress for the good work that God will one day complete in our lives. Sometimes God works, work, God's work in our life, it breaks us. It strips us back. It brings us to a place of nothing. Just remember, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. When you're down to nothing, God is up to something. What does that mean? It means that when you're stripped of everything that you have, when you're in the lowest place that you could possibly be, it is then that you will turn to God and you will discover that God is working in the background. He's orchestrating a good future for you. He's orchestrating goodness in your life now. He is not finished with you. Take hope today. God will finish what he starts. There's a good plan for your life. There is a goodness available to you now, and you're not done. 
1 Peter 1.13 Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We can try to find hope in money, pleasure and prestige. We can place our hope in experiences and places and other people and things. We, we, we can try to find meaning in all those things. We can try to find relief from our suffering. We can try to fill up the emptiness of our lives with all those types of things. But can I say something? None of them will ever lead us to a hope. Instead, they will lead us to a hopelessness in our lives. Today, if you're, you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you something that is so important that you need to know. And today, if you are a Christian, I want to remind you of something that you ought to know, but you may have let slip in your mind. The true hope that we need can only be found in one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. A Christian author wrote this, outside of the cross of Jesus Christ, there is no hope in this world. That cross and resurrection at the core of the gospel is the only hope for humanity. Wherever you go, ask God for wisdom on how to get that gospel in, even in the toughest situations of life. Good news today, church. There is something called the gospel message of Jesus that brings hope to our lives. And if we would get it into our hearts, we would discover a transformation on the way that we view things. See, that's what Peter is saying to us in the scripture I just shared. If you want to know true hope, you need to know Jesus and the revelation of his cross and his resurrection. And the uncertainty of hope is replaced with the confident, assured certainty of Jesus Christ. Can I just say, people will let you down, money will disappear, your fame will diminish, and all those things will go, but there is someone that you can be confident who is always there for you. His name is Jesus. He is our assurance. He is our confidence. He is our certainty. He is our hope. The hope we have, Jesus, is not just for our lives either. He's not just for us. The hope that we have is for the world around us, for the people we know, the people we meet, the people we, we live, and the, live with and the people we love. That we carry this great hope, Jesus, in our hearts. And as we carry him, we need to remember that Jesus in you means you're someone's hope. I'm not saying that you specifically. I'm saying that the Jesus inside of you is the hope that someone else needs to receive. But they can only receive that through you, through the Holy Spirit using you. You're the hope for someone's life. You're the answer because of Jesus in you to someone's prayer. You carry a God hope not just for your own life, your own family, but also to bless the lives of others. And what you're going through will one day be the testimony that someone hears and it encourages them to continue on to live in hope, to turn to the hope of the world, Jesus Christ. Simply by our proximity to Jesus, we can bring hope and life to people and places trapped in discouragement and despair. Lou Giglio. 
Tomorrow when you wake up, I want you to do something. If you've got a pen or paper or your phone, I want you to write this down right now. Tomorrow when you wake up this week as you do life, I want you to do something for me. I want you to get up in the morning, look look in the mirror and say this uh, this week. I have a hope. I know hope. Jesus Christ. I carry hope. Today I choose to be hope for someone I meet. Let me say it again. As you wake up and look in the mirror, I want you to say this confession to yourself into the spirit realm. Declare it. I have a hope. I know hope. Jesus Christ. I carry hope. Today I choose to be hope for someone I meet. Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of his Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Today, church, let me encourage you. Let God's word encourage you. Don't give up hope. Don't lose hope today. I know it's hard. I know it's tough. Can I be open with you? I struggle at times myself with everything that we are going through, with this health crisis, with lockdowns. I'm struggling too at times. But can I encourage you, don't give up hope. Don't be distracted. Don't lose uh, confidence in God. Ask God to pour out his abundant goodness on you. Keep asking him to guide and instruct you, to show you the way you should go. Keep looking to his goodness. Keep hoping in the living God and never forget your hope for the future isn't based on you it's based on who God is and what he has promised let's pray right now God today I just pray for any person watching this message or listening to the podcast I just ask right now Jesus if they find themselves in a place of hopelessness for God that they would turn to you not to the things of the world but to you God your word and your promises And they would find in you hope for the future, for their present. They would realize that you're not done with them yet, Lord God. And I just thank you for that, Jesus. For any Christians, God, in this place today, that they would know that you have a good plan, that goodness is available for them now, and that they're not done, that you're not done with them, Jesus. Perhaps today you're listening to a message like this for the first time. It's your first time in church, or maybe you were brought up your whole life in church, but you've never heard Jesus being spoken about this way that he's your hope. And you're saying to yourself, I need hope. I want hope. Today, I want to tell you that that hope is Jesus Christ. That if you would ask him into your life, the Bible says that he will come into your life and exchange your old life, the life of hopelessness, the life of despair, the life of past hurts and pain. And he will exchange it for a new life made clean and renewed through him, transformed. The way you do that is you need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord. And pray a simple prayer, a simple prayer today to invite him into your life. So what I ask you, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, would you pray this prayer with me today? If you've never invited Jesus to your life, pray it with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Give me your hope for my present. Come and say it again. Jesus, I give you my life. Give me your hope for my present. Father God, for any person who prayed that prayer, 
I just pray right now you are coming into their life in a powerful way. Lord Jesus, let them experience your hope right now. I pray in their spirit, in their soul, they would just sense, just they would just know, Lord God, that there's something changed in their life. It's the power of Jesus Christ coming into them. Holy Spirit, lead them this week. I pray, Lord, that they would encounter you in many ways of their life. In Jesus' mighty name.